Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a regular service. Normal services resumed. Uh, last week was episode 666, and I tried to do all sorts of stuff with smoke machines, which froze the entire system. I'm pretty sure that this smoke machine should not be certified for European use. It kicks out so much interference that it knocked out all my HDMI connections and my USB connections. And I would imagine that's probably not something that the uh, FCA or whoever it is that manages these things um, allows. But anyway, that's really not what this is about. I, I didn't want to start that. Welcome to the podcast to do with music technology. I suppose Smoke Machine is kind of music technology. Uh, we talk about music production, synthesizers, instruments, recording, uh, live performance, software, all kinds of stuff. Everything that ties into the world of creating and consuming music. And uh, this is episode 667 of all things. Could you believe it? Uh, you can find us on Spotify, on Stitcher. This is audio versions, Google. Uh, you can ask Alexa to uh, play the Sonic Talk podcast, as you can with Google Home as well. I can't remember what you have to say. You have to say, okay, Google something, don't you? Oops, what have I done? Um, uh, so, uh, uh, yes, and I want to also say, direct you to our Patreon. Uh, this is where we put all of our exclusive content, uh, which you don't find on our YouTube channel. Things like patches, little bits of extra for reviews, uh, audio files, uh, you know, chit-chat, all kinds of things. If you want to head over to the uh, Patreon slash sonicstate.com. No, patreon.com slash sonicstate. I always get that wrong. Let me just put that up there again, just to clarify matters. Be much appreciated if you wanted to support us. That's very, uh, very much welcome. Uh, and I want to say thank you to our friends over at Isotope and also Modal. Uh, be having some messages a little uh, later on from them. But in the meantime, let's get on to some guests. Um, eeny, meeny, miny. Ah, Yoad Nevo. There he is in uh, Nevo Sound in London. How on earth are Hello. you? Yoad, you good? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Busy, busy. I've, do I detect more keyboards there, or if, am I just imagining things? Um, same keyboards, more guitars, though. Ah, yes, I remember you saying you were. <laughs> you, you can't. You, can't you were see them. considering uh, having more. Uh, you were getting into your axe in lockdown, so that's what's happening yeah. at the moment, right? Yeah, totally. I'm really enjoying it. Um, yeah, and it kind of you know, uh, coincides with my my work at Waves. We're doing stuff related to guitars all the time. So uh, oh, perfect. it's good to be on the edge of uh, technology and seeing what's, ha what's happening. I recently got the Boss GT 1000 Core, which ah, is quite is that nice. The, what, that's the one with the guitar synth, isn't it? No, no. Ah. It's just a modeler and uh, effects. Um, just got the Amplitude 5, which is really nice too. Um, you know, this and that. Immersing yourself of, of in things with strings. It sounds like an alliterative yeah. headline, yeah. that, doesn't it? Of course, Yoad is a remixer, producer, mix engineer, and also a, a developer at Waves, product developer at Waves. So uh, I'm sure your time is busy between all of your commitments, but it's lovely to have you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And we also have, oh, let's say, we have Mr. Matt Hodson, who's been busy. Matt, I guess it's uh, it, it's that time of year where you're doing lots of uh, educational things, because as well as being a modular artiste and producer and YouTube streamer and uh, whatnot, he's also an educator at BIMS uh, based in Brighton. How are you, Matt? You good? Yeah, I'm all right. It's good to be back. Yeah, I've been here for a couple of weeks. It's um, just been looking after my lovely students as they're uh, slowly gathering their work together and finalizing things for hand in. Um, so yeah, I've just been looking after them, been busy with that. Um, 
been busy writing some music, pitching some stuff for TV and adverts, um, been rebuilding wow. a, a new live case over here as well. In fact, I must say thanks to one of the, um, someone from the channel, they actually contacted me on Twitter. I forget your name. I'm so sorry, but I was after a hardware sequencer that did envelopes shapes. One of the things that I do a lot in my music is I play around with envelope shapes and add them together and things like that. And I found this, this one, it's called the uh, performer by Westlicht. And, wow. um, it's an awesome sequencer. Actually, I might be able to zoom down here. I'm just going to see if I can find it. There it ah, is. Westlicht, there we sequencer. Go. That's it. That's mm -hmm. the one, Nick. And, um, as well as CV and gate, it actually also, you can draw in really complex, um, curves and shapes, which you can use as modulation. And it, it's done everything that I needed it to, and I absolutely love it. So thank you to whoever sent me that. And I'm so sorry I forgot your name, but it, I bought it, and it's there. And it's open source, and people can add stuff to it. So oh, I'm nice. really excited about that. I need that to get out more. good. Well, that's all right. I mean, I, I admire that you will be able to not only look after your students, but do that and work for uh, media pitches, because those are notoriously unimmutable in terms of uh, deadlines. So uh, they are, you, yeah. have, uh, yeah, you have the cojones, um, sir. Yeah, it's usually we need we need something that sounds like um, uh, whatever you know within four hours or half a day. But I usually get asked to do the more kind of weird and wonderful stuff. I don't get really get asked for the Coldplay sound alike songs. I get asked for the more kind of moody. Can you do something a bit sort of dark and soupy? That sounds that sounds ideal. It's right up your street. So yeah, just yeah, like creating another track. Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Nice one. And we've also have Mr. Gaz Williams there. My goodness, Gaz, your your optics are getting better and better. You look like you're on a huh. photo shoot. You look like you've got one of those. Uh, you get. You, I tell you what, it looks, like. it looks like you've got one of those kind of reflectors below you that shines the sort of sunlight <laughs> up into your face. Uh, Amazing. Oh, how are you, Gaz oh, Williams? Cool. Of course, a YouTuber, bass yes. player, producer, all of those. Yes things uh, mastering engineer yeah. and many other besides yeah. how are you yeah good got a lot of mastering doing i'm doing a lot of mastering at the moment which is uh, interesting trying out some new ideas getting the head around luffs finally uh, <laughs> um what else interesting lots of cool stuff making some great video content for a, a client which is cool take me into new areas of uh video production uh and of course my my stream i've got my show tonight uh 8 p.m as well so please join me for that I've the got, gaz williams I've show done, excellent the gaz williams show Look, we've got the Source Audio C4 synth that's going to be on the bench tonight. And we're going to have a look at, there's a very in-depth synth. Uh, there's an editor that you can run on your phone or on your computer uh, for this little this little bad boy. And that what is going to be joined by, I just got the goose neck, the goose, goose, goose neck for the, ah, the Arturium Micro Freak. Right. Yeah, so it's going to be a bit of C4 and gooseneck joy tonight so <laughs> sounds like <laughs> explosives and something else in yeah, yeah. excellent eight o'clock eight o'clock excellent yes please well, glad to hear it um so i think that i've introduced everybody so i guess we can get on to oh i wanted to say uh we've got some more stuff coming up on the show uh, on, on sonic uh, state youtube channel as well so do uh, subscribe if you're interested i've got my circuit review which uh i've did, got the play out here circuit tracks and I have to say I thought it sounded uh, 
and worked really nicely. So Circuit Tracks. I also did a review, uh, an interview with Rachel K. Collier last week, which is going to go into, uh, will, will be coming up. Uh, she's always a good, good to talk to. And also uh, an artist called Helena Rice, who uh, is really interesting. So um, stay tuned for that. And, and of course, I've got the... Oh, I turned it down. I've got the <laughs> I, uh, Uno Synth Pro, which I'll be looking at in some way or another um, over the next week or so. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned. Right, but before we do that, um, let's have a look at um, some videos. This one I loved. I just thought this was so fantastically ridiculous. This is Tech, Tech Moan, and he's looking at... Uh, Auto reverse cassettes. Over the last few years, I've made quite a few videos that feature cassettes. I've taken a look at the Philips Compact cassette, the Mini, the Micro, the Bico, like and the NT. I've also had a look at an interesting cassette changer mechanism that came from Sony. Possibly so this with it. Forward, it's play, this is the It fires it up a plastic ramp. It hopefully slides back down that line. All but these it ways tells that me, introduction, it doesn't inside be auto reverse wheels. Was done in really it's interesting absolutely ways. amazing. And for everything that's happening on the top, there's probably an equal or even greater number of things happening underneath. In fact, you don't really... This is really just a little oddity. I should have probably saved it for an and finally piece, really, because <laughs> what it really... But what it what it demonstrates is, uh, I think it was the Akai uh, CS55D from 1972. I mean, when cassette first came out, it was all the rage, as we know, and has been, you know, major part of most of our listening careers, you know, when, uh, throughout... You know, if you're a certain age, you'll know about the cassettes. But because they there was there was auto reverse, which developed, and obviously it means that when it gets to the tape, you find it in cars, it turns back and plays the other side, and you don't have to rewind it all. And that that is what this video basically covers is the history of that. And some of the ideas they came up with were just absolutely ludicrous. You know, this kind of insanely complicated mechanical solutions to what is a... In the end, what I think they turned out is they got the playhead and they just turned the playhead around and then reversed the direction of the motor, which is pretty obvious when you think about it. But they had all sorts of things that actually physically take the cassette out, move it. It's just absolutely crazy. I'm going to come to you first, Yara, because I know you like to solve problems. I don't know whether you're a hardware-solving problem. I guess so. You're always trying to figure out how I'm to cram stuff into... I'm problem creator. Ah, oh, I see. That is that your yeah. f official title? But this, I, I don't know if you got a chance to see this, but it just it struck me as just such a yeah, lovely, yeah, a wonderful is. piece of arcane design history. Yeah, it's it's quite remarkable. I mean, the amount of engineering that went into those things, and and this guy says that you know no one today will be able to create such complex engineering work uh, because there's no need to. I guess everything is uh, controlled by servos and you know little motors and uh, and a lot of computing power. So, but it's quite uh, it's quite interesting. It actually, it reminds me of um, when when I was I think seven or something like that. I found on my dad's girlfriend's um, in car in the back a cassette that was just lying there. And it kind of got melted. Um, you know, it was just lying there for, for ages and it got called, kind of bent and the plastic was uh, totally deformed. And I took it home and I opened it and I moved the tape to another cassette enclosure. And, and when I pressed play, there was the 
uh, Pink Floyd Wish You Were Here. And that's how oh. I discovered that album. And that oh, was oh, an amazing like moment. Perfect. Um, so, yeah. That's so, yeah my, but you uh, had to work yeah, at it. That's story. I know that we've, we've, I mean, Gaz, tape stuff is always fascinating. I mean, in cassettes, you know, that there's that sort of endless meme, isn't there? If you know what a pencil and a cassette mm. is, then you're of a certain oh, gosh, age. But yeah. I mean, cassettes still have, you know, you see kids with Walkmans now. It's a bit of a trendy item, you know, it's roller skating yeah. or BMX or probably scooting more likely. Let's see. Let's see if that ever makes a, uh, like a, <laughs> a comeback. No, I doubt it. I mean, I was talking to a, a, a good old friend of mine there, Rod Callan, who's a music producer. And he, uh, we were talking about dat machines and he's got one working dat machine. And he says he, every time now he has to do any transfers. Uh, Rod works for uh, Ronnie Wood at the Stones. Every time he has to do dat transfers, he, uh, it's, it's literally sort of, you know, is it gonna, you know, that, I mean, I think that is probably the least reliable format mm-hmm. of all time. Oh. Yeah, I've, um, I've, I haven't got, I'll tell you what I do have. I've got a, um, what I have got is a, uh, a TCD7, a little, beautiful little Sony, uh, like Walk Datman. And that just doesn't work anymore. And I'm so disappointed because oh, yes. it's the only one I kept. Can, can I just say, Techmoan is my favourite, ah, this is amazing, Techmoan is my favourite YouTuber of all time, and Sonic State podcast, my favourite podcast of all time, so the two things smashing together is uh, it's dead exciting. Techmoan, uh, instant subscribe, if you don't subscribe to him, I think his, his content, he can make the most mundane, boring thing just like gripping and fascinating the guy has got the has got the chops i think amazing Excellent. Uh, so i haven't watched any of his other stuff but i posted the link in the, oh, uh, in the chat so people can check it out matt have you got uh, fond memories of uh, of auto reverse i always remember they weren't they the things that always used to kind of chew your favorite tape auto reverse i think there was always it always used to confuse me because i'm i'm dyslexic and i think it would always confuse me that you know, when you try and record onto a cassette tape and you accidentally do it on the wrong side because it had an auto reverse or something like that. But so, um, yeah, but um, I, I tell you one thing I do love is, is this sort of resurgence of people taking Walkmans and tape machines and modifying them so you can slow them down, you can speed them up, um, you can play around with the pitch. I guess like a, a, a small version of what Jamie Liddell's done recently with his massive tape machine in Basco. Um, Basco is that a word? And um, sounds like it um, should be. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? If I mean, you've just got to search on on Etsy, on eBay. You can find people who've just got really old school Walkmans, which is great because they're upcycling them, I guess. And then they're putting these modified controls on them so you can change the speed of them. Now, if you want that kind of board to Canada lo-fi sound, get yourself something like an SH101. Record a very quick arpeggiation onto it, and then slow it right down. And there's just something magic about that slow tape sound. It's so, it's so nostalgic, um, and it is nostalgic technology that we're also playing with, which is quite interesting. So, the sound and the technology is both harking back to a time before. So, um, I love what people are doing with this. I I've been listening to some albums that are just made in this way, where people are just looping up. They've kind of got it going round as like a, a recording mechanism as well. And they're just overdubbing stuff onto it. And then it warbles and it slowly dies away over time. And you can play around with the pitch. And then, of course, send that through a, a blue sky reverb or some delays 
very subtly. It's just awesome. And I guess um, tape as well, something like this is quite cool to have in the, in the studio. Someone, the, the, like just an old tape recorder. Just yeah, whack just down f- some of your snares. Um, you know, if you're having problems with your snares and transients and kick drums, even bass lines, just whack that through it and record through it, if you can, into the computer. Go do yourself a favor and the world. Go on eBay and buy some of these plastic things before they end up in the sea and reuse them and make awesome music. That's what I say. That sounds like a good plan. I mean, and there's so many different flavors of tape as well. I mean, we have banged on about tape a bit recently, so maybe I shouldn't go on about it. But you know, the, the metal tapes and the you know the the the, the uh, TDK sort of flavors, they always seem to be. They were different flavors. They were the ones that I always used to use in the four track. But yeah, lots of people use. I know Alessandro Cortini uses tape loops yeah. and records drones onto tracks, four tracks, which he uses live, and you can pitch. Yeah. Track. I mean, it's you know, it's it's just it's just another way of doing stuff. Right. I love the, um, I love the fact that you can you can just pull the tape out and wind it around some pencils or whatever and, and jiggle it about yourself and add that warble to it and, and that right. essentially some human modulation into, into Human modulation. I think that's got to mo- be... I'm going to be uh, human <laughs> modulation. So I'm writing that down for... Uh, for Did I title. get the title? It's the Maybe. Th- my first title. Early days. It's not okay, Hang on. I don't believe that for a second. Can you, if yes. you, if you, can you shut... That's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> Works, a human awesome. modulation for you, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, uh, let's see where we go. Actually, let's uh, let's get this uh, done and dusted before we uh, before we move on. Isotope so, Producers uh, Club is a one of a kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level. Once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs, and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer, Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. And of course, there's also the Music Production Suite Pro, which is a little bit more affordable, but with also, I've uh, got the uh, ability to, if you're interested, you can uh, head over to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk and save 10% on anything that's not uh, a subscription uh, using the code Sonic10. Save yourself a few quid uh, and uh, we thank them very much for uh, supporting the show. So, um, let's have a look. What's next? Oh, I think maybe I'll, I'm just trying to whether, whether we go. Well, let's go technical, actually. Okay, so I'm going to go to the this this guy, which is the... Antelope Audio, now what I've, it's got an Axino Synergy Core. So this has basically got uh, audio interface yeah, my and name's DSP, Yacoub. FPGBA. I am an engineer and a producer. I have worked with people like Rihanna and Sia. And today we are in my studio, the Aquarium in East London. Today I'm here with the Antelope Axino, which they've been kind enough to send me. What is... So, yeah, well, I was going to say, what is it? But I could say that just as easily. So, uh, yeah, that was the video that, uh, the official video is Amir Yacoub, uh, 
Uh, but this is quite an interesting modelling mic because we know Antelope have been pushing this kind of FPGA and DSP uh, really high-end audio interfaces that are quite expensive, sort of up there with the kind of cost of UAD stuff. Um, but this one is... Uh, a modeling mic which has the FPGA and the DSP on board. So you've got something like 18 mic models, plus you've got plugins that you can run within it um, to process in real time, sort of mic preamps, uh, as well as the models and uh, uh, EQs and effects. And you can apply those effects to the, there's got, there's two stereo USB audio returns as well. So it's quite an interesting idea. And it's like 400 bucks, which doesn't seem like an insane amount of money. Um, I'm just thinking, I, I've not really tried mic modeling uh, and this didn't really go into that. It wasn't really a sort of full review of that, but it looks kind of interesting. Um, maybe if I come to uh, hmm, you, Yoad, um, mic modeling, because uh, it's something that's really sort of taken hold uh, a little bit with particularly mobile producers when they just have, you know, there was, the, I forget the, the, the makes of them, but there are some go-to ones, aren't there, that people use and they just swear by them and you can, it just means that you can literally have a number of different mics and they're getting pretty good. Have you uh, come across this stuff before? Um, yeah, I think the concept here is really nice. The concept exists for like, I don't know, 12 years or so. Um, but for me, the main attraction here is the fact that you can carry a good quality mic uh, in your laptop bag and you don't need a sound card. Um, because you have the, your headphones output on the actual mic. Um, I don't know how it lives on the table without getting knocked over all the time on a, on a, I guess, like a podcast stand or yeah, something it like it that. Com it comes with a stand as far as I can stand. Yeah. Um, but still when you're, you know, when you have kind of uh, your headphone lead coming out of it and stuff like mm -hmm. that, I'm not, I don't know how that works, but, um, the idea of having, um, all that, um, without having a sound card, without, without having extra DSP, extra units and extra processing power on your computer, which means that you can hear it with low latency while you're recording. Um, so basically to have a good modeling mic system to, to work properly, you need a mic which is quite transparent and very dynamic um, because it works in a way a little bit like subtractive synthesis where you have the full range of the signal and then you right then you, you take out yeah. yeah you take out stuff so uh, uh, you know you'll use a lot of low pass filtering um some possibly adding some um harmonic distortion that's that's or harmonics that's the only thing you will be adding but you need a mic that will be very crisp uh, very quiet um, and very dynamic. Um, so I've not tried and I've not listened to to, to how it sounds. But I'm yeah, sure I haven't had the good. opportunity. I, I'm I'm going to put a request in for this to, to for review because I think it'd be quite interesting. Yeah, it looks really interesting. The, my 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 only you know, and this is being a bit greedy because when you try when you start thinking about this as your main sound card, then basically it caters for for everyone who works with keyboards because then you can have something like that as your midi or you know um, you know midi keyboard input if you like uh, and you have your mic so you're sorted the only thing you can't do is record guitar electric guitar and bass obviously acoustic guitar you can record because it's a mic 
And yeah, so if no you're doing like folk music and stuff like that, then all you need is your acoustic guitar and laptop bag and you're sorted. Uh, it would have been nice to have, but that's asking a little bit too much a from, from a line a in as well. Yeah, you yeah, know. I see what you're uh, but I think it's a really cool. It looks it it looks probably uh, probably uh, sorry. It looks proper. It looks yeah. well built yeah. and uh, it looks nice. And and Antelope Audio are, uh, you know, they're, they're a good brand. So yeah, they've, they've never really made product. it. They, they've not really made it into the kind of because they've been trying to push into this higher DSP stuff. I mean, I'm not saying that they don't have any audience, but they haven't had the same traction as somebody like you at Universal Audio. Gaz, I suspect you were probably going to bring up that it's the Lewitt, isn't it? Is it the Lewitt mic that does all the modelling? But that's a stereo one, isn't it? I think. Uh, or no, oh, no, um, no, not the Lewitt. It's uh, not Lewitt. It's oh, I can't remember. It's Townsend. Uh, well, I mean, the Townsend. Uh, the town, yeah, there is that one, and also uh, there's a Slate Audio one. Slate. But I thought I just got, yeah, the Slate, uh, and you know that sounded really impressive to me when I've heard that being demoed. But I just had a little rummage in my defunct box to find this little thing from the past. This is the Roland MMP2, which is a mic modeling preamp from about 1990. Sorry, 2002, something like that, 2003. Uh, defunct now, the software doesn't work. Um, but what you did with this one is uh, there was a range of microphones that you could use with it, um, including oh, a, an AKG C, C3000B, which... Oh, right, you know, so it really had profiles for that. Nice. Had profiles for that, and then it had a bunch of profiles then that you could kind of model to. It also had, like, some... Um, mic uh, some preamp models in here as well and i think this was really ahead of the curve um it's quite a well-made thing you know kind of chunky old beast but uh yeah. in the def in the defunct box now but um uh, <laughs> so the um that, that's that technology and of course antares i think were maybe first out the door with mic modeling weren't they wow, way 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 back um Oh, 20 years ago or something so uh it, this is a kind of curious thing as a music producer and i'm sure you know certainly you know yoad will um will uh, well i'm sure will agree with this is when you're working on an album project with a vocalist uh and if you've got a range of mics uh the different mics can have an astonishing difference on the end result you know it really is something that is quite uh, a remarkable thing how uh, how a particular person's voice inter interacts with the microphone. And the thing that I have always found is expensive doesn't necessarily always equate to better. And um, on many occasions, you know, using a, uh, a Neumann U87 as the sort of default studio mic, just in some cases just would really just did not work at all. And, um, you know, like a like a Rode uh, NTV, that's the older valve mic they used to make, you know, uh, might just be the perfect fit or uh, Rode NTK, which I've got here. Um, I've used that on various sessions where I've got much more expensive, more prestigious mics. Um, so the idea of just flicking through mic profiles and finding the right profile, you know, I think has a lot of validity as well. I mean, you know, some of this technology could be interpreted as a bit snake oily, but you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not so sure. I mean, um, you know, cause like when you're making a microphone, I don't know much about this, but it's something, I know that Neumann hand calibrate their um, diaphragms by making little sort of pinpricks in the diaphragm and then sort of, you know, um, metering it somehow and finding, you know, and tuning the diaphragm to get a particular frequency response. I think 
in part, I think that's why Neumann mics do sound generally good, you know. But as I say, if that profile doesn't quite work for the voice or accentuates certain areas, makes, you know, makes someone's nasal kind of quality, like, make them sound like they've got massive nostrils. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Oh, that's another one. Uh, sorry, sorry, Matt. Massive nostrils is, uh, is now taking a uh, uh, taking oh, taking another uh, no. one, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. So, so just just that really. I think the idea, you know, the the, the like Antelope Audio have got acclaimed uh, converters that they use, and the, the, their whole kind of um, audio path is superb. So, I'm imagining, having not tried this, uh, that that mic modeling could be pretty accurate especially as they know the exact response yeah. well it's about i mean it's, it seems very affordable doesn't it so i mean it, it's just yeah. whether or not they can yeah. they can make that sort of thing work i don't matt i mean guessing yeah. do you use mic models for um your students because it would make more sense rather yeah. than having a mic cupboard with everything in it or you know all yeah, the classics we, well we do actually we we actually use a, a great recording studio here called brighton electric which you've got everything from vintage mics you know coals through to modern day mics and whatever the engineers are bringing in that particular day that they've bought from a car boot sale, which is, which is brilliant. Um, so the students get to use a wide range of, of different microphones. And, and like me, when I was at university, it took me, it took me a long time actually sometimes to hear the difference, you know, really hear the difference between microphones and particularly then when you pair them with a, a preamp or a compressor or a limiter and that kind of thing. It's kind of the venture I've been on in, in the modular world is actually been about finding oscillators that pair with filters really well. Because sometimes I bought a, a filter and I'm like, yeah, I've got this amazing filter. And it just doesn't work with the with the oscillator for some reason. There's some sort of mismatch. I don't know what it is. Um, so I, I found some really great combinations. And I think that's still key when you're working with microphones is that great combination between the microphone, the preamp, and the limit in the compression that goes on. Now you've got in this particular model that we're talking about, you've got DSs, you've got auto tune, yeah, you've, uh, you've got API, Is there you've a preamp got you know, in there, Nick. Um, EQ, ooh, that's a good. EQ, point. I couldn't see a preamp, and I, I think that that, you know, the preamp makes a, a heck of a difference. Sometimes when mm. when I'm working with vocalists in the past, I used to have one of those uh, liquid channels, focus right liquid channel which allowed you basically to set up and find a really good preset for your vocalist you was working on. So you could yeah. you could get exactly the sound that you want with them. And then you could take that into a studio with you and you've got their vocal sound essentially. Um, and then you could just try it through different preamps um, and a little bit more outboard and you might do some paralleling with some other microphones or something like that. Uh, that was pretty good. Um, this looks really interesting. The, uh, the, the, there's a couple of things to it. One, I think it's a great price. I think it looks really cool. I like the design. Um, by the looks of it, each one of those things costs an extra $55, though, doesn't it? I don't think they all come with it. Uh, well, I think so, you get 10 included, which are you get 10 these, included. Okay. these things. So, yeah, you there is a right. kind of, uh, free, not freemium, but premium. So you yeah, do get these, but I, I, I well, let's have a look. That maybe the preamps are in the expandables. Yeah, maybe that's dollars. Okay, um, uh, let's have a look. And, Expandable for let. Uh, let's see. Doesn't look like it looks like they're more real time effects rather than um, preamps, which is yeah. interesting. Like what you were saying about that, yeah, it looks like it's there isn't uh, a preamp in there, but that's an I interesting think. point. The other thing that just throws me a little bit, and someone mentioned this just a second ago in the in the chat room on YouTube, was uh, latency. 
you start throwing the word latency into a vocal chain for me and I'm suddenly dubious, but it's got to be bang on. You can't, you can't have any discrepancies as far as I'm concerned. I'm pretty You're sure. You'll probably be able to tell us. You can go down to what, four, five, ten milliseconds before you start noticing something. I think this has um, uh, a low millisecond. Seven, seven is kind of the That's six, seven, seven is the golden yeah. kind of, you don't want to go over that. But here, I, I presume that they have direct, mon direct monitoring through the headphone. Um, yeah, they do. They do. Output. Yeah. And, and okay, if you can, and, and yeah. since most of your latency will be caused by your OS, actually, and the drivers. So if it's at the mic, stage then you shouldn't have uh too too much latency if you if you well, use direct monitoring yeah that's what i'm, yeah. I'm just like to point I, that is what you do have the ability because the effects live in the mic those are being applied okay. not they're not in the box they're in the mic so that you don't so the later the dsp is presumably optimized to mean that there's little or no latency when it's processing there Great. Uh, yeah, it does say the to use the auto-tune effect, for example, it says ultra-low latency. I'm just wondering that, you know, coupled with, as as Yoad points out, your CPU latency on top of that, if it's going to be in... Be in yeah, well, it'd be great to try it out. It'd be, you know, I'm not, I don't want to poo-poo this straight away. I, I think it's really interesting, and, and, and I'm, you, I'm you all can, You can get uh, low latency on, uh, on pitch correction as well, uh, surprisingly low. Yeah. Because if you think about the fact that you have to count cycles in order to detect the pitch, um, but there are some clever ways, uh, like we do in our uh, tune real time. Sorry, I had to mention that because it's it's no latency kind of uh, pitch correction, and and yeah. I'm sure that they use a similar technology, so it is possible. It's like if you think about it, they use um, or we use. Um, technology which is similar to what um, used in guitar tuners. So you count the zero crossings. So you have to, to actually, you know, uh, it's sufficient okay. to only count half the cycle and things like that. So there are, uh, there are ways of optimizing yeah. uh, pitch detection. I mean, I'm, I'm going to get one of these, Nick, just so I can do the podcast with some auto-tune on it and just, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would really like it, to, yeah, I'd like it to be absolutely kind of great, you know, I would like my voice, yeah. my spoken voice to yeah. be, yeah, or maybe we and can have I'll... a MIDI file playing at the same time to sort of, <laughs> so it just plays a melody of, of your spoken word, that would I, be the answer. Definitely. I can, I can do this, and, um, I can do this in real time, yeah. I can do this in real time, but it's not wow. that useful. <laughs> right. But I mean, you know, for what I mean, I, you know, what, what, what I want to be sexy. What Gaz says about old mics. I mean, I'm using the Rode NT2. I bought this when I was at university when I was about 18, 19, and I've still got it and it's still rocking. I bought the same mic as you've got there, Nick, which I think is a Rode as well, the Vocal Caster or something. Uh, it's just, um, uh, podcast or a Procast. I forget what it's called. And it yeah. just didn't work with my voice. And I, Pod mic. I just. Pod mic, that's it. I got it. And I thought there was something wrong with it. I, it just did not pick me up. And whether that's because I'm northern or because uh, I just well, got you do need because this is a dynamic mic, so you need yeah. a bit of uh, proximity for it to for it to sound yeah. radio. I mean it's more I prefer dynamics in uh in this environment because the, of the rejection and it's gonna be in shot anyway. I mean I could have a a, a condenser shotgun or something out of shot, but it actually it, it it's it's got a more sort of 
woody sound, you know, I think. I don't have yeah. it, Mike, so yeah. that's why I choose it. But I, I'm a... I've become a huge fan of this Lewitt LCT640TS. This one I've used for, well, it I use it for my shows, but I use way. it. Uh, this one is great. This one's got the, the two diaphragms. You can tap out a second XLR, mini XLR out the side, and then take both diaphragms as, as two separate signals. Recom- and then you record a stereo file then into your record into your DAW and then there's a little plug-in that they do which allows you to change the polar patterns after the fact mm. by by kind of balancing off both diaphragms and and then we've talked about it before but I was genuinely astonished how different the different polar patterns are on voice and in fact I can probably show you this now if I change the polar pattern I'm on cardioid but if I change it now to the uh figure eight for vocal for singing the figure eight just sounds so much better on my voice than the cardioid but i don't know if you'll hear this uh well perhaps i should sing for you no uh, i won't i'll spare you that but uh let's just change it now now this is the figure eight i don't know how much difference it's you more can tightly, hear there, yeah it's more tightly focused it yeah sounds to me it just sounds oh yeah and it sounds lovely for for a sort of vocalizing so and and then also you know going into the more um you know the uh, omni sort of capsule is uh these kind of tonal changes are quite hard to hear when you know when you're engineering a session but actually having it recorded and then being able to vary it and it's actually you can do some pretty cool techniques where you can actually automate the plugin so you can actually automate the polar pattern so um you know if you vary it from like a cardioid or even a hypercardioid in the verse and then move it to like an omni in the chorus or something, you get this really peculiar effect. So just, I thought I'd just mention that because I've never really seen that on any I'm, other I'm sure I was, I was watching a, I was watching something on YouTube recently, which was uh, somebody saying about how they were... Uh, no, I think it was. I think it was. Ch- it was Chicky last week, in fact, who was saying that, because we were talking about Al Schmidt, and he was saying, he was saying record vocals with omni mics because they just sound so much better so there you go because when you think about it omni is the purest way when you when you when you use polar patterns it means that you're cancelling out so using another diaphragm to to cancel out bits it's like humbucker humbucker will never sound like a single coil it will never have the top end because it's two which are kind of fighting one against the other right. all the time. And that's what that's what happens with a cardioid uh, mic with two diaphragms. It, it's it's different on a, on a dynamic mic like a 57 or something like that, because then you have holes in the back, which are that's why when the singers kind of hold the mic and and block those those holes, then you get the feedback because it's 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 it becomes an omni mic and you don't want that on stage. So, but with a with a condenser mic, the purest signal will always be the the omni. The, 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 there was a time that I was that I recorded only with the, not only vocals, everything guitars with acoustic guitar. It's amazing if if but you need to have a really quiet environment, quiet In a room. nice room, presumably. And yeah. then if you record omni, like with an Earthworks or something like that, or even an an eighty seven or something. It just sounds very different, very pure. 
Interesting. Yeah. Isn't Interesting. it? Isn't it true that if you record with only unbalanced cables, you get a better signal? If you've got, if you can do it with shorter runs, that actually balanced uh, yeah. slightly that, um, knocks a little bit. Oh, really? Okay, abso- absolutely. Um, unbalanced is. It sounds fuller. It, it it's really hard to do it with mics because you'll have so much uh, noise. But noise, if you manage yeah. to do it. Um, it, it, yeah, it sounds you have much more um, headroom and much more kind of low end, but not in a muddy way. It still stays very, very clear. That's interesting. How would you go about that? I mean, how, how would you go? Really we, would you just need to record in a Faraday cage or something? I mean, how does it? <laughs> yeah, that would be convenient. A lot of artists would love that. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, there we go. That, thank, that's that's fascinating. Thank you very much. I did not know that, but yeah, um, that's so that's the Antelope Audio. It just I, I'm, I've put in a request for review. I don't know if I've got a, a, a live contact with them at the moment, but I would like to try it out, and I think it'd be quite interesting. Uh, okay, um, I think it's time just to bring a little message from our friends over at Modal. Of course, this is the Cobalt Eight, uh, which I reviewed some time ago. Beautiful looking synthesizer uh, with. Uh, eight voice extended virtual analog, innovative oscillator with 34 algorithms, morphable four pole ladder filter, 29 endless encoders for real time control, internal sequencer and arpeggiator, MPE support for expression, and the modal app which runs Mac, Windows, iOS, Android, VST, and 3U, which actually means it's pretty much multi platform. If you want to find out more, head over to bit.ly slash get underscore modal, and uh, we thank them very much for their support. Okay, well, I'm glad that that led to a very interesting discussion. Thank you very much for that uh, extra information. Um, let's see, uh, we did that one. I'm just trying to think. Do we want to do Lego or do we want to go a bit? Which which way do we want to go? I'll take a show of hands. Uh, we've got we've got Lego or we've got um, um, Sign Vibes or we've got Modular or or Multi. Mod, yeah, okay, all right. Let's go modular, just what the hell, because Gaz is also there. This is the AAX. Let me turn that up. AX CV1, Multiphonic CV1. It's kind of yet another software module system uh, with lots of different modules that you can download. Let me see if I can find it. There's a, I need to click on the button that opens up the available modules. It's quite affordable, actually. This one, I think, is at the moment 79 bucks, usually 99. So it's you know not a great deal of money. I mean, there are a number of alternatives out there. Obviously, we've got CV, CV Rack, Softube, Modular, Cherry Audio, and all of this stuff. So anyway, this is uh, this is a new software. I know that. Well, I'll come to you first, Matt. But, uh, in fact, if I do come for you first, because I know you combine, don't you? Because you, you use the Bitwig modular environment. I don't know if you use any other modular environments, whether you're in, into Reactor or stuff. Because maybe Bitwig Bitwig Grid gives you enough. But this is another. I mean, it seems like you know, it's not something that you do lightly. So there must be demand. And AAX are, are you know a mid-sized company. They're not yeah. massive. They probably haven't got a whole team of developers that they can just throw millions of pounds at. But so obviously this is either a labeler of love or it's you know it's something that people want. Do you want it? I well, this is a very good question. I do want it because when I keep buying all this sort of stuff, it means I can't eat for a month. So um, and I'm getting quite hungry now. So it's quite it's quite a lot cheaper to be getting into the software side of this. And when a lot of students are like, "Oh, I want to get into modular," first thing I say is, you know, go get VCV rack. It's completely free unless you want to pay for some of the high end modules but you can do a lot with it. If you've got Bitwig, you've got that 
a whole platform within there which is kind of modular but also designed for composition as well um, and it's really really good with playing around with time um, then of course you've got reactor you've got um uh, who's the other company that did um, you've got cherry audio doing Soft this tube, kind of thing soft tube as well soft tube one's quite expensive if I remember rightly now it, it kind of feels like to me like there's a bit of um a race to the market almost with this i'm yet to see really what the the distinction is between them the thing i like about vcv rack is that it enables what? people just to make um make make different modules for it i believe it's kind of open platform in that yeah. way whereas this though is 79 quid I believe you get everything included. I don't think there's any additional costing. Uh, there's educational pricing in there as well, which is pretty cool. Um, and it's standalone as well. So I quite like the idea of running things as well without a DAW open when I'm working in the sort of modular world, just to keep me in that, just to keep me in that arena, that framework of not working in something that's a kind of linear timeline. Um, you know, when you working with modular you're, you're you're playing around with time in different ways and and i think that's important so this this was ex really interesting to come across because i used to love um do you remember these guys they used to do tasman which was a sort yeah. of semi-modular environment synthesizer but i remember it being so good the cpu load my pc would just fall over as soon as you open a patch and it just like Argh. But I used to be like, this sounds great. Whenever I did get a sound out of it, I thought it sounded really, really chunky for what it was um, at the time. And this is back in the, you know, early 2000s, late 90s, when Taskman was out. I, I don't know if that's now been discontinued. I'm just looking, it's, actually. Um, I mean, because they do, they do tend, they've been sort of focusing on uh, modelling recently. And so this is a kind of, I don't know if this is using, you know, the same core technology, but that's, it's, it seems like a slight difference uh, in movement for them. But yeah, well worth checking out. Um, I, 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 say I can't answer that question, whether ta it doesn't look like Tasman is still there, to be honest. Shame. Bring back Tasman. Let's start a petition. Let's get Tasman back mm, in the world. Tasman. We need more Tasman, definitely. <laughs> So, guess I, I, you know, we, we, there are countless times of you on record uh, with Sonic Talk saying, "I'm never, I'm not going there," you know. But you've gone there now. You're in modular world, uh, and you, you know, your, your, your Monday modular. Um, I think is it Mondays you do your modular show? Yeah. So, yeah. what? How do you feel about the this in software? Because in many ways, it, it sort of does solve some problems in terms of the work that you put in creating that beautiful thing you can get back you don't you don't have to commit to the recording of it or it's, it's a repeatable thing i mean what how do you feel about yeah, that as a concept true. well i mean i i, I yeah, fantastic i mean there's sort of you know rec recallability is something that the physical modular world is almost in virtually impossible to to do so if you actually working <laughs> then it makes a lot of sense i mean but i don't do any actual work on my modular rig at all you know it's the opposite of work so it's almost you know i, I fart around basically that's what i do in modular it's so, recreational um, right. recreational yeah 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 definitely so um i don't know i mean for me i'm trying to I, i'm getting away from using computers uh for any kind of synth side of things you know vsts i've pretty much uh i've kind of gone off that so much in in recent years um and 
so actually, you know, go into something like this. I'm not that interested in it right now. However, I, it could be something that I could grow interested in it. I realized that my modular journey is about a year now that I've been on it and, um, you know, I've been chronicling it with my regular show and chronicling my, my failures mostly, you know. Um, but uh, it, 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 it's really interesting to me where that is taking me musically. I, I'm, on my show on Monday, I was looking at the Civilization module. Uh, it's the first. I'm going to hopefully do it over four episodes, uh, the different modes of the Civilization module from UE. Now, the reason why I'm mentioning that is that UE obviously are one of the greatest, if not the greatest, software synth manufacturer, you know, or, yeah. you know, certainly yeah. in, you know, for soft synths, you know, amongst the very best. Uh, so I was kind of really interested to see how that computer experience would then manifest into uh, a physical module. Um, and it is a really terrific, terrific thing. But uh, yeah, I mentioned that because um, I'm kind of very interested in, uh, in, mm trying to create really harmonious music, believe it or not. I mean, most <laughs> of my things have been anything but that. Um, and it's a struggle with modular, with a physical modular. It's a struggle to make things good and to make things happen. And I think with computers, you know, you're always just like a click away from a preset and then suddenly it sounds great, you know. Um, and I think I'm, that's the part of the journey that I'm really enjoying, yeah. the sort of uh, the, the wrestling with this chaos to try and find something beautiful w within it, um, you know. But, uh, but, but yeah, anyway, I, that, I I dig that's a digression. That's a digression. This, though, looks superb in terms of what you get for your money. I mean, um, I, I had been looking at the uh, the soft tube. Um, Soft tube one because it was a few modules. It's good. That, it is good, but it, it's right. um, it's it, it's got that sort of slightly extra the extra headroom you get mm. with the sound quality and the audio rate modulation also manifests yeah. itself in sort of CPU load as you would imagine. So there's you know there's that to consider. I mean, I was wondering about it though. You know, just to road test sort of some expensive modules. You know, like some of the IntelliJ ones or something. You know, to to road you know to road test them in in a virtual sense before committing to buy them. You know physical ones oh i see quite, what you mean yeah quite, you know an interesting way of of doing things but ah, i don't know but i mean uh it, it, you know i i think i did try to deny going down the modular route as as you've as you mentioned you know for years and years and years and people taunted me about it saying you know oh yeah you know you join us and all this kind of thing and then once they join people say oh you're gonna be skint and yes i am now skint <laughs> and it's all modular's fault. <laughs> well, it's the classic. It's the classic, isn't it? It's the it's the classic. Mm. I know. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you know what goes into some of this stuff. Uh, uh, someone in the chat room said, "Ask ask about cream. Ask you about creamware modular because uh, apparently that's mm -hmm. something that you you were uh, into." I mean. I know because we've was, talked about you. Easy. We've talked about what you you've been using modular in your. You know, you've got it in your studio, but you very rarely reach for it just purely because it's it's not practical in in your yeah, work no. environment. Not only that, my entire studio is is patched as one big modular system, as you know, because you've yeah. been here and we did the tour. And, uh, you know, I can modulate stuff from this end to this end, both polyphonic and monophonic and the Matrix Brute. And, yeah, I have a small modular rack. But for me, um, 
I don't see a point in creating a patch, a modular patch or a physical modular patch um, to do a baseline because it's easier to do it on an SH or a Minimoog or something like that. Um, so, so for stuff I use in productions, I have all these things for, which I love and it's all great. And for the bleepy and squeaky stuff, I don't think that the difference in the sonics between analog and digital, obviously there is a difference, but when you're talking about all the stuff modular is so great for, um, it's so much easier to, to achieve all that on the screen. And it's recallable, like you said, and you can have as many instances in, as you want. And possibly it's polyphonic as well, or you can make it polyphonic by running a few instances and splitting the voices. And so you have so much more, you know, flexibility that, um, I, you know, I, I, for me, the physical aspect of playing because I'm a guitarist is the guitar. So I don't need that aspect by uh, yeah, plugging, yeah, yeah. you know, patches and stuff like that, because I did that on the analog desk for, for years, patching effect returns and compressors and stuff during mixes. So I don't personally miss, miss that. Um, and also, you know, I design synths for, for a living. So I'm, I'm, doing the, the nitty and gritty side of, of synthesis. So I don't, you know what I mean? Miss the, yeah, the physical so. aspect of it. Uh, this, this looks like a really cool product. It looks, there's something kind of neat about it. Sometimes they get kind of intimidating uh, to, to people who are not familiar with that kind of, um, you know, Possible, endless possibilities. Yeah, they've, made, they've made it very this looks quite simple. Neat. They have made it very simple. Yeah, I like I like the I like the UI on that. Um, yeah, and the yeah. price is almost yeah. like it's a no-brainer, really. Yeah, I think it's, uh, anyway. I, I I guess I mean I would come back to you, Matt, because I mean what you've figured out is how to integrate the two things, so you get the performance yeah. aspect of it. And quite often, you know, a patch or a setup on your system is maybe a palette of sounds that you would use for a period, uh, where it may uh, yeah. where it where it may generate two or three tracks, and then you might change things around. But the the communication and the recallability comes from the maybe some of the sequencing side and the control side that you use. Uh, at least that's how, how I understand it from what you. you your integration is yeah 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 absolutely I, I actually i actually find it quite slow as well to patch on a computer using these programs as opposed to physically i mean it, this 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 case here pretty much stays patched this is um what i'm writing all my new songs with every single month i put one out and it comes from this and this only and it's and it stays patched and some people say that might defeat the object of modular well I also can put a lid on this and it's got a handle and I get on an easy jet with it and I can go and play a gig and it's ready to go. Um, and so for me, like coming up with a baseline or whatever, I've already got this amazing oscillator matched with this particular filter. Oh, I can choose one of the five other filters I've got over here um, and, and choose what that filter and, and that oscillator is going to sound like for that particular baseline. I actually, I actually think I'd work quicker in this mm. domain now. And also, I'm quite keen to um, commit 
rather than this recall and recall and recall. I yeah. love the fact that I can produce a song on this, record it down, I can multi-track it still, um, and I can take the stereo of it, and I also run it through some compression as well, and it's done. And then I put it out, and there's no faffing around and going back and changing it up. And in, I've also experimented with putting down the same line multiple times at different intervals to create chords and, and that kind of thing just like in the old school days. And I just find that whole process fascinating and fun. And I don't find it time consuming at all. And I feel a better connection, uh, a more meaningful connection with the music than I ha ever have done using a computer. It's pulled me in, a, in that sort of direction. It might be a romantic thing, and I might be trying to justify the amount of money that I spend on this as well. Well, yeah, but, but if um, you've designed your workflow to, to to suit the way, I mean, and you know yeah. that that because you've invested all that time in it to make it something that actually yeah. is isn't. Uh, somebody put something in the chat room. I forgot what it was. It was uh, I can't remember profitless profitless um, profitless noodling or something like that. I think it was. Called. Whereas yeah. you actually, well, you know, that's not what you're doing. I mean, you can go down that route of doing bleats and bloops. I make very immersive, big distorted techno immersive you can't do anything except for either listen to it it'll turn it off it, it doesn't sit anywhere else in in the room so um i stay away from the bleepy bloopy stuff i really do and um I, I guess it's kind of synonymous with that and i'm trying to change it i mean go to my band camp and listen to, to the music on there you'll you'll see how sort of visceral it is and how much i exploit the sort of brutality of these raw oscillators which can knock your head off when you play them through a really good sound system if you're capturing them right. And I've um, and sorry, just I digress. But to answer your question before, the connection between this and the computer exists in a number of ways. So you've got the ESA expert sleepers, which allows me to kick audio and CV back and forth. So I can run stuff out the computer through this and back in again. Um, and I can just run from stuff from the computer into this, sample straight into the bit box and that kind of thing. Um, so I can do it that way. The other way, uh, it's just it's all clocked as well. Um, so right. master clock comes from the modular, sends it to the BeatStep Pro. The BeatStep Pro talks to Ableton or Bitwig and says you're in time. And it's it's um, it's a few, there's a few milliseconds of wobble, but it's good enough for me. It's close enough for jazz. I'm not trying to make music that's inch perfect and edited the life out of it anyway. I'm, I like the, the movement of it and, and the fact that it's not, it's not quite right. I could talk about it all day long. Maybe no, I, should I, I think that, and I think that's a really good justification for it. I mean, you're one of the fortunate ones who's found a way uh, and also are recognised for doing that. And that's why, you know, people come to you because they want that thing that you do rather than, it's not yeah. like kind of going, well, I'm going to write a novel, but I'm only going to use a pencil. You know, it's kind of like, even though there is a word processor available, you know, it's, it's not a kind of, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, that, that feels like a kind of quite a good uh, point at which to sort of wrap things up because it feels like a kind of good a good moment to, uh, a good sentiment to end on, I would say. Um, so I want to say thank you to all of you for joining us. It's been a pleasure as ever. Um, Gaz, you're going to be uh, firing up your stream at eight o'clock tonight um, where people can yes. get, yep. so get we're more of your... be looking at, well, yeah, because we're going to be looking at the C4 synth. And now if you look are you at putting the, a the, the... Are you putting a bass into that or a guitar? What are you going to put in? I'm going to... I'm going to put a bass into it. But one of the things it says is, uh, in the manual for this, it says, this is a Eurorack module in a pedal. It doesn't say it's like a Eurorack module. It says it is a Eurorack module in a pedal, which is a, such a stupid thing to say. Has it got so CVIO as well? 
<laughs> nope. Ah, so we're okay. going to... Uh, we're going to investigate that, though, and have a look at just what its synthesis capabilities are. So please join me for uh, for that at 8 p.m. on uh, BST, we say, don't we? Some, is that uh, what it is? I don't know. UT, UTM. British Summertime. Oh, yes, of course. That's UTM. Universal What's UTM? Time, universal ah. Time Measurement, I think. It's, it's, right. a, it's a server thing. I think it, it's like seconds uh. since a certain time. So it's a very, very long number. If I remember correctly, <laughs> but yeah, okay. Right. Well, lovely. Thank you, Kaz, and thank lo you. lovely to have you yep. aboard. And um, Mr. Matt Hodson, thank you for joining us too. Of course, uh, are you streaming at the moment? Are you, are you still on schedule for your track a month, or you're kind of are you having to? Yeah, I am. <laughs> Although something weird went wrong. My distributor um, somehow released a track that wasn't finished, which was on Spotify and everything for about a week, and it's just been taken down. So sorry, folks who have who have got that, and it's been on a number of playlists. So I'm uploading the right track um, tonight. There's a new track going out on Bandcamp um, either tonight or tomorrow. And then, yeah, continuing one a month. I'm also going to start doing live versions of each track that I've been releasing so far each month. And these live versions will be recorded in high quality and they'll be on my Bandcamp oh, for those that idea. subscribe. That's a challenge. You'll, you'll get those free ones. Yeah, so I'm I'm recalling the songs that I've done and I'm uh, I'm replaying them. So, and there'll be slightly different oscillators, different effects, but it'd be the same notes. So it's kind of like re reinterpreting your own work. Quite excited about it. That's an interesting idea. Yeah, good for you. Okay, brilliant. Well, hopefully, um, will people can find you at Maths, Maths, Maths pretty much everywhere, right? So, easy, yeah, easy, easy. pretty much everywhere. Thanks and for I, having I, me. I got, I got the number of maths right today. I usually say four. I can't <laughs> stop myself. I overrun. Uh, yo, I'll get you a T-shirt, Nick. Thank you. Lovely to have you as well, Yoad. Uh, I'm guessing you're, uh, you've been busy because I know you've, you've, you've been saying I can't make it. Uh, you got a lot on? Have you got a lot of mixed work? I mean, what's, yeah, your, what's the bulk loads, of Yeah, mixing all the time. Um, and I have my Waves work, which is really fascinating. Um, and it kind of correlates to guitars and stuff at the moment. So, you know, can't Great. complain, really. I can, Excellent. but I won't. <laughs> well thank you everybody that at this point we say thank you and we say thank you to all of our uh, viewers over at the chat rooms the various chat rooms because we stream on youtube we stream on facebook live and we st and uh, irc uh, i think most of these comments seem to be coming in from youtube but thank you everybody uh, that is uh sonic talk uh episode uh, 667 we made it without um without too many catastrophes thank you very much we'll see you all um next time. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.